Hello, everyone, and inside today's episode of Locked On Canadians, it is the 2022 year in review for the Montreal Canadiens. We're going to share our thoughts, read some listener thoughts, and then we are going to jump into our standard Friday mailbag. We have some questions that uh, Laura saved for myself to answer and everything else, all that and more inside today's show. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode... I am not sure because I've been mi- <laughs> 755 of Lockdown Canadians. We are your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening to us every day, wherever you get your podcast. And if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you so much. As always, make sure you're subscribed, ring the bell so you get notified every time we post a new video. You, of course, know my wonderful co-host, the active stick, Laura Sava, who has been covering for me as I have been trapped away from my recording studio for a week, actually straight up a week now. Uh, due to Winter Storm Elliot basically burying the entire city of Buffalo. I just got back home about two and a half hours ago, an hour of which was spent shoveling my car out of an 18-inch snowdrift of ice and sleet and everything else. However, you don't want to hear me whine. If you do, that's what Twitter is for. We are today launching into our 2022 uh, year in review and our Friday mailbag, but first... Before we get into some of the listener responses to what they remember the most about 2022 and listener questions, uh, we're going to take the floor to ourselves, and we're also not really going to talk about the Florida Panthers game because it was bad, terrible, and quite frankly, it it was bad. It was two bad back-to-back hockey games. There isn't much further analysis that can go into that. I will save that for after the weekend when I've had a chance to digest it. Uh, Right, and there's going to be a three-up, three-down, right? So, But that'll be on Tuesday. It might be, be a 20 down. down and like a none up at this current point. So like, <laughs> yes, absolutely. But just a programming note, we are not going to be working on new year's day. So there will be no episode on Tuesday. We will record an episode Monday for Tuesday, and that'll be the three up three down. And then we'll get back to our regular programming after that. And I've already lined up some great prospect guests as we promised. We're not going to dwell too much on how bad the Habs are. We're going to do trade talk and we're going to do prospect talk all through 2023 up until the draft. So get excited, you know, the, 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 this show's going to really take a different direction and like, we're going to have some really fun guests and some fun talk going forward because I don't really want to talk every episode about how bad the power play is. You guys don't want us to be negative. If there's something serious to be addressed, we will talk about it or if they have a big win or if something cool happens, but if not, we'll talk future, we'll talk trades, we'll talk prospects and that's all headed in your like headed in your direction in 2023 and we're so excited about that yeah when they play a game actually worth discussing beyond um they got blown out in florida we will do so when the time calls for that but we will begin shifting our attention to the trade deadline like laura said prospects etc but right now i am gonna turn the floor over to my co-host first is it's the 2022 year in review and we've kind of been looking back it's been quite a year for the montreal canadians they fired dominique ducharme hired a new GM, hired a new coach, drafted, got the first overall pick, drafted the first overall, and then have had just a roller coaster of other things since then. 
And I guess, Laura, if you had to pick one or two of the moments here, what are the big hitters for what stands out for you in the 2022 Montreal Canadiens uh, saga, I think is the <laughs> word I want to say here. But yeah. um, I think for me, there's two really significant moments in terms of where the Habs are going from now is one, Carey Price potentially hanging it up forever. It's not confirmed 100%, but that's the way it looks that it's heading in. And he had that wonderful, you know, that game against Florida, that his last game. And a couple of listeners brought it up, so we'll get more into it when we when we talk about listener memories. But that to me was kind of, okay, this is the end of the Carey Price era in Montreal. And then two other moments, obviously the hiring of Martin St. Louis and the, the drafting of Uri Slavkovsky. That's to me the beginning. It's like the starting point of the new era, the Kent Hughes era. So for better or for worse, like if you look at the GMs, coaches, other, you know, players that Carey Price outlasted, like I do think you can consider his time in Montreal to be an era, right? He was one of the best goaltenders in the world, in the league, sometimes in history, depending on what, what metrics you're looking at. He had a lot of accomplishments. A lot of times he was the only player worth playing in games. So, I mean, it's not an exaggeration, right? Sometimes the roster was terrible. Sometimes the coaching was terrible. Sometimes aspects of it was terrible. So Carey Price made up for a lot of, he, you know, he made up for a lot of shortcomings and he also dragged them to playoff runs through playoff runs dragged them through seasons so I think for me Carey Price is an era but I think that if you look at the way that this front office is going I think you can consider it a Kent Hughes era right like whether Cole Caulfield Nick Suzuki or Slavkovsky whoever they draft in the next you know in the next year or so whether they become the big names associated with this era, like right now it's Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon that are making the big moves that are making the splashes that are doing the things worth talking about. It could even be the Martin St. Louis era in Montreal. We don't know, but it is the beginning of a new era. So all these things I just highlighted to me, that's the beginning of a new era. And I, and hopefully it becomes the beginning of a dynasty. It becomes the beginning of a Stanley cup champion. Um, hopefully a repeat Stanley cup champion, so that to me is where I'm at right now. This year is very pivotal, but as we can see from the games that they're actually playing on the ice right now, there's a long way to go before we can go to the future. But to me, those two stand out. And now I've taken up a lot of the time. So Scott, it's your turn. What are the key moments that stand out to you? My biggest thing is I think it's ending the previous season with a Cole Caulfield hat trick and Carey Price's very likely last win as a Montreal Canadian and then winning the draft lottery and then months or weeks, whatever it was, time has no meaning anymore of, <laughs> is it going to be Shane Wright? Is it going to be Uri Slavkovsky? Is it going to be someone else? And being in the building for what was the dawning of a new uh, era for the Montreal Canadiens, uh, two first round picks, obviously pick 33, that 2022 NHL draft, I think was a, a, uh, a, a monument kind of moment that this is like you said the kent hughes and jeff gorton montreal canadians this is now their team this is their franchise to turn the corner on and the carry price thing kind of still lingers over that they traded shea weber you know not long after the draft as well and brought in evgeny dodanov it's it's a new it's a new era in montreal and 2022 is highlighted by complete and total upheaval mark bergevin gone Mark Bergman's guys 
gone. Dominique Ducharme and a chunk of his staff, gone. Just complete upheaval. Drafting philosophies changed. New front office people in there, new PR people. Everything's changing. 2022 in particular. 2021 was, you know, the last hurrah for a lot of the old school Montreal Canadiens. This is their new one. This is the next era of it. And it's up to Kent Hughes to kind of see where that's going to go and what's uh, what's next. The trade deadline's in a couple of months here. And now we see what that next step in the plan is. And we're going to get into all of our listeners, uh, their moments of the 2022 Montreal Canadiens and everything. And that's all coming up next. But first... You're hanging out with some friends. You're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk, and the results are often tragic and often deadly as well. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. And that's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, please think again, play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. And remember, drive sober or get pulled over. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. This is the 2022 Montreal Canadiens year in review and Friday mailbag extravaganza, a.k.a. Scott didn't die in a winter snowstorm celebration edition. Laura, uh, I know you put out the call for, you know, moments, and I think we got a bunch in our DMs and in reply to the tweet. Uh, what do we have in terms of what people had as their standout moments uh, before we dive into the mailbag itself? So I'm going to start with the an email, actually. And I really hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. And it, it's Vithursan. Uh, hi, Laura and Scott. I discovered this podcast this year along with other Habs podcasts, and I would listen to it daily while I'm driving to work, school, or when I'm heading to bed. It always makes my day better. Oh my God, that makes me feel so good. You literally just made my entire year better. I mean, my next year, not like the next two days. Like literally, <laughs> I love that. 2022 has been a roller coaster of a year for us Habs fans, and I was happy to see the changes in management, which were long overdue. Aside from those changes, my favorite moments this year were attending two games at the Bell Center for the first time in six years. I was at the last game of the 2021-2022 season on April 29, when Montreal beat Florida 10-2. Uh, it was amazing to watch Cole Caulfield for the first time in person and see him score his first career hat trick chanting yee 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 after the 10th goal in honor of his number. And I probably watched Carey Price's last NHL game. I hope this doesn't make Habs fans mad. I mean, I think we're all kind of resigned to it. We're just kind of waiting for the shoe to drop. And obviously, he's got a lot of money at stake, so it's not necessarily going to be an official retirement. But chanting gee, 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 I was at the uh, the game where they honored Guy Lafleur, and that was like a phenomenal moment. So I just I can I can just imagine what it feels like to be at the Bell Center. So I love this because it's Habs related and it's personal. I love this moment. I also went to the season opener of the 2022-2023 game, uh, 2023 season against the Leafs. There were too many great moments to choose from that game, such as the rookie laps of Slavkovsky, Caden Gooley, and Arbor Jacki during warm-up. 
the ovation that Carey Price received during the player presentation, all the goals scored by the Habs, especially towards the end of the third period. I apologize if my email was long, but I'm glad to share this both with you both. I wish you both and the whole Lockdown team a happy new year. Happy new year to you as well. And I love this email. Like this is the kind of thing where like we don't normally get like mailbag um, mailbag submissions that are this personal. Usually it's a question. And it's usually about a trade and it's usually about like getting Mike Hoffman off this team. <laughs> um, but um, I really love this. So thank you to your email. And like for our listeners, like this is the kind of thing that we love hearing. And if we get more personal stuff from you guys, maybe we'll do it in the summer or we'll do it in bonus episodes because we're really going to go really hard on uh, trade talk and things like that uh, coming up. And so I have screenshotted some moments. So please bear with me as I go through them uh, because I don't, I want to make sure I don't forget anybody uh, because I forgot some and I got called out. (laughs) Um, We've got one from Bryston. A few moments. Carries more than likely last game, 10 goal game. Um, Cole's last second goal to force overtime versus the Flyers. And the trade for Kirby Doc. This is interesting because I don't think very many people talked about the trade for Kirby Doc. But I think, like, we've talked about it, you know, in general when we praise him, right? But I do think that that kind of signifies something really important in the Montreal Canadiens. And I, I think it's definitely where they find value elsewhere when all other roads to them are shut down, right? So, for example, they had the opportunity to draft a center. They didn't do that. They drafted a winger, and they also got a center at the same time, right? So they were able to kind of get best of both worlds, even though it wasn't in the way that we would have expected. So I think this is a pretty significant memory because it kind of, it tells a lot about, like, what the Canadians are about. Uh, Eric M says the best halves moment this year was draft day, as Scott can uh, can attest to. He was there, uh, and that was that was interesting. Um, and then for uh, our friend Happy Carati uh, says it's not a single moment, but Martin Saint Louis confused faces at Cole being crazy after wins last season. So I didn't really <laughs> notice this all that much, but I, I can kind of tell maybe he was like probably bemused. Um, so that's kind of, I, I'm trying to picture it, but like, I mean, Cole Caulfield was pretty crazy after wins. Do you remember when he was, I like, mean, there weren't Louis? that many wins though. So like, it's, it, you'll have to there forgive us for missing that. I, the bar was the floor, but yes, <laughs> you are not wrong. There were more wins under Martin St. Louis, but I'm pretty sure they could have put, you know, a dancing chimpanzee on the bench and just, you know, probably won more games than having Dominique Ducharme, but that might just be personal feelings uh creeping into the <laughs> show here so <laughs> in 2023 we'll forget about dominique Duchar. yeah habs fans forgetting something that that's a funny joke you know we're still <laughs> mad about the patrick watch rate and it's been what 30 years almost 30 years at this point like pretty we're getting there um we'll, we'll, we then... will get over it eventually so therapy One for day. habs fans in 2023 Yes, therapy for Habs fans in 2023. Uh, Johnny S. I loved when Carrie was waving and interacting with his, his daughters during play in the dying minutes of game 82. If this is the last we see of him, I'm glad he got to share these last moments on the ice with family. I got goosebumps at this one. I had forgotten that had it happened too, just because it's like that 10-1 game feels so long ago like a lifetime ago because so much happened after that game that just changed the entire like fabric of this organization that like 
it's not Carey Price and the Montreal Canadiens. It's just so different. It's jarring because I, I, I struggle to think of a time when I've been a fan that the fabric of this team changed so rapidly in such a short period of time. Like we've seen yeah. coaches go, we've seen players traded. This is so just insanely different, honestly. We have a couple more moments uh, to share before we move on to mailback questions. Uh, our friend Goalie Droid. My biggest Habs moments of 2022 were anytime Suzuki bullied a goalie and Price's win against the Panthers. This is kind of a mailback question, but I'm going to ask it this one. Which is your favorite Suzuki bullying a goalie moment? I have to say it was against Calgary. I mean, Calgary's up there. Uh, his, not the one he did on Jacob Markstrom, but the one he did to, I believe it was Carol Vemelka or... Um, Oh, I can't remember who it was. Whoever that poor Coyotes goalie was where he scored on the penalty. The, the first time he did the Datsuk-esque penalty shot in this game where Arbor Jack, I beat up Zach Cassian and everything. And then he just keeps doing it. He did it to Vili Husso. And then I did it to um, uh, Jacob Markstrom as well in the shootout against Calgary. Nick Suzuki, when he's on one, is on one. He's just a goalie's nightmare. Unfortunately, the results have not been there lately, but that's a story for a different podcast. So we've got a couple more moments to share real quick. Um, our friend Casey says the Habs opening night with the five rookies in the lineup. I mean, that was pretty big, right? Yes. Um, and then there's one from our friends at the Scorch Stack where it's Scorch Stack being on the pod. <laughs> Naturally. like That's one of them. And then I got gently, very gently called out by our friend Carm from the Blazing Pucks podcast, who we will have on soon. Um, and the two moments. So I got gently called out for missing a mailbag question, which we'll get to in the next segment. But um, one of them, if I had to point out a favorite part of the year, it's tied between adopting a kitten who literally sits here and watches hockey with me and there's some pictures um i literally i was like i need pictures of the kitten and the kitten is literally adorable and yes does watch watch hockey um and then being there live for the bomb by jake evans and so this was the vancouver game, i think yes yeah so that's those are the moments that we've got um so far and you guys can keep them coming right like we <laughs> the games aren't that good so we're more than happy to share your we'll thoughts. shout some out in the new year as well like i'm sure yeah. that there's probably more for this that we like we said there's so much has happened that it's impossible for us to like have remembered everything it's impossible to remember some guys when we can barely remember like things that happened a month ago sean monahan is still on this team whether we remember it or not like it's been a wild couple of months um Absolutely. We will put uh, that on pause. Please do send us your next questions, New Year's resolutions for the Habs for next week, whatever you want. We will try and shout some of those out in addition to ours on another episode. But we got to shift focus here. It is Friday. That means you expect the mailbag. That means we deliver the mailbag because we are Locked on Canadians. And that is all coming up next. We are back. It is our final segment in this Friday episode. It is the Friday mailbag. If you want to tweet us your mailbag questions at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, LockdownCanadians at gmail.com. And as always, put them in the YouTube comments. Just don't be a jerk. Only rule. Don't be a jerk. Laura, what do we have in our uh, Friday mailbag segment today? We've got two questions about Brock Besser, so I'm going to ask them both. Uh, again, Carm from the Blazing Pucks. How do you think Besser would fit in with this Habs team? 
it seems like the more cerebral the player, the better they do under Martin Saint-Louis. And Besser is not a very cerebral player, but he's a great shooter. Does that sound familiar? And then one from John L. on YouTube. How can the Canadians get Besser under the salary cap? It seems impossible for this year, at least. So obviously this is like there's been ongoing Besser talk. And then there was like that ridiculous Bo Horvat trade suggestion, which I addressed in my mailbag question on Wednesday, uh, mailbag episode on Wednesday. So we're not going to go into that. But all right, Besser, is it possible to get him this year? Should they even go for him this year? And then where would he fit in the Habs team? My thought is you can put him opposite of Cole Caulfield and just let Suzuki feed pucks back and forth. Or you can put him with Kirby Doc, who's very good at keeping possession there and help fill out a second line. I know it's stunning that that might be a concept here because it's something they're lacking. As for the salary cap, assuming they're going to jettison bodies here very quickly, the way the team is playing and specifically the way the veterans are playing, I think at a certain point here, we're going to see bodies start flying out the window here because the veterans are the ones not really pulling a weight here. They're getting ejected. They're not producing. Sooner or later, that's going to come to roost, and Kent Hughes is just going to have an... It's like you're taking up space from the next step of guys here. Um, I think Besser fits in a top six. I think you put him opposite Kirby Doc, and um, or you put him on the top line there, and you put Kirby Doc on line two, and you put Slavkovsky and someone like a Brendan Gallagher there, or AHL call-up whenever you get to that point. The salary cap is hard. They've got to shed some big contracts, and that is my hope that they are able to do so. But until we actually get to that point, it's it's hard to really know. Uh, as of right now, they can't without losing a lot off of the off of the salary cap currently. So this question came up, um, I, and then I said that I was going to ask you the same version of it. So Chris H asked us, um, if Scott dies, who would you like to? be your co-host and I said um, either Jay Foster because then it would be co-hosting with you um, and then or Allison Lucan or Erica Lindsay Ayala those were my choices so then I said I would ask you what if I died who would you want to host a show with and then somebody took offense to that because they didn't want me to be morbid so the question is actually if I ever get a job and I make 25 million dollars a year and I don't need to do this podcast anymore um, who would you rather be uh, your co-host? Who would you rather host a show with? I have two thoughts. One, I, I love that it's morbid that you died, but not that I died. <laughs> like, so I think we, we've discovered who the actual podcast favorite is with the fans, that they're okay if I die because they get a new co-host. So um, I appreciate everybody. Um, unfortunately, you are stuck with me. If for whatever reason you were to go... Um, I, Jay Foster's great. Um, we are the same person. We've never been on the same show. You cannot prove that we are not the same person at any given time in the world. Um, maybe it's Ian uh, is a good friend of the show. And I think that he would bring the same energy and everything else. And also a stabilizing presence to my absolute nonsense that you put up with on a regular basis. Uh, but fact of the matter is, as it goes, there's no one else I would rather do the show with than my current co-host. Um and we are not going anywhere anytime soon because we are locked on Canadians and we are here whether you like it or not. So pew pew. <laughs> no, it's true though. I have always said that if Scott stopped, stops doing the show, then I'm going to stop doing the show because I, I don't want to host it with anyone else. There are many great candidates. There are many great people that we have like fantastic rapport with individually, but I think that you can't, you, you cannot beat this combination for this purpose. So if ever one of us stops doing this, then the other one will. And then maybe if 
like we move on to like other things, like the other person will just get dragged along <laughs> with it. <laughs> with it. Um, so here's a question from Jay Foster. Speaking of uh, Jay Foster, I would like you and Scott to answer which Anglo Canadian, Montreal Canadian, has the most French Canadian energy. <laughs> Oh man. I'm gonna um, go with Jack Guy. It's not Brendan Gallagher, that's for damn sure. Like he's the opposite of whatever like French Canadian energy is. Like yeah. I wanna say it's it it's I wanna say it's Josh Anderson. Because he's got he's got the sense of fashion down for it. He's got the handsomeness down for it. He looks like he enjoys a good croissant in the morning. With his coffee, um, Samuel Montembeau doesn't count because he's French Canadian. Um, I no, it's not. Kate. I I think Josh Anderson is my answer for this, and I feel like that might be cheating. Um, also, Joel Edmondson, just because there are enough Joels in the AHL that my keyboard's automatically corrected to having the accent over the e in that, regardless. So, uh, Joel Edmondson is my next pick beyond that. So our friend Randy Hansen, who we haven't heard from in a while. So hi, Randy. How are you doing? It's really, really good to hear from you. Is there any information on Jaden Struble this year? His numbers look weak, but that doesn't actually say much. Has he earned a contract yet? I. So it's funny is that someone asked if like in a trade for Alexis Lafreniere, would you consider trading someone like a Jaden Struble or a Riley Kidney? The thing about him, he has four points in 14 games. And I think the biggest thing is he's taking on more defensive minutes. And I'm looking at his penalty minutes, though, and that's the biggest issue. In 21 games in his first season, 36. In 18, he had 33. In 34, he had 65. In this year, in 14 games, he has 48 penalty minutes. He loves the physicality and the aggressive side of the game. He's a dynamic skater. He's Think young P.K. Subban in terms of some of that reckless energy there. He's someone I'm so intrigued in because they're such a freak athlete that I want to see what they can do at the next level because I don't think there are many people that physically can compete with what Jaden Struble wants to do. Admittedly, his numbers are not where you want them to be, but Northeastern's kind of struggled here and there this season. I think he's going to get a contract. I think he's going to need some AHL time, which is fine, but uh, he's dropped down that tier of prospect defenseman going into a senior season where Jordan Harris, we saw continually on the rise. Jaden Struble has kind of regressed a little bit from what looked like a solid rookie season. And it's hard to know where he's going to end up right now, but he's, he's someone I don't want to give up with just because they have all the makings of someone that, might just be more suited for the professional game than the NCAA level, if that makes sense. I've got a question that I was going to wait for you to do, but now I think we need a whole segment to do it. I'm going to read the question real quick, and then you can expect it next week, uh, the answer to this next week. So it's from Adam Yu on YouTube. Mail that question. We have a lot of young D in our system, <laughs> including our current lineup. It is easy for fans of any team to overvalue their own pieces, many of whom are not destined for NHL careers. So this is a two-part question. First, could you please rank our young rookie prospect D according to their hype? 
Second, could you explain which players are overhyped, underhyped, and maybe provide a more realistic list for our future expectations? This would actually be a great question to ask Sebastian High, who has promised he'll be on at some point next week. So we're going to tackle this question, all three of us. Um, but I wanted to say thank you to Adam Yu because this is a great question. It's actually from a couple of, it's like a week or so ago. Um, and it's su super, super intriguing to me. But I think we need a whole segment to do this. So we will do this with Sebastian High. We'll make a list of all the D in the system, including current and rookie. Um, and I love that that Adam is like, please don't forget Jack Eye, because I do feel that there's going to be a lot of the conversation that's going to be about Jack Eye. Um, we've got a question from Christopher C on Twitter. What do the two of you think of trading Jordan Harris to LA for Brent Clark? The Habs have a wealth of prospects on left D, but are pretty light on the right. After watching Clark play a little, he seems to me to be exactly what the Habs need. Good defensively, physical, can move the puck, and has a great shot. Currently, based on Caden Gooley potentially wrecking his knee tonight and Joel Edmondson getting suspended and the Rocket defense being very thin on NHL contracted players, uh, I don't like the idea of trading someone right away. But at the same time, I also don't see LA saying yes to trading Brant Clark for Jordan Harris. If they do, yeah, take it and run. Honestly, like I like Jordan Harris a lot. I think Brant Clark is also a special talent. I just do not think the LA Kings would look at that and go, yeah, we'll do that trade. Sure. Like if they do though, you, you run to the airport and you, you, you pick the kid up yourself and do everything you need to. Uh, but I, I just can't see it being a thing that they do right now. So we've also got something from Tyler L on YouTube from, from the episode that we did about Nick Suzuki. But I also think this is a good one to discuss with Sebastian as well Is like where Nick Suzuki places uh, in terms of the under 25 players, you know, this was in response to that when we talked about that list. Um, and Tyler had a lot of thoughts, but it's a bit long and we're running out of time. So I think that that's a good thing to bring up with Sebastian is kind of the analysis of Nick Suzuki and his future and where they're going. We're mostly going to talk prospects with him because that's his area of expertise. But I think Nick Suzuki conversation is it's a decent conversation to have. And I feel like he would have a lot to add to it. Um, we've got a few more questions real quickly. Uh, I'm going to run through them. Should uh, Hughes and Gordon wait until they get their price on some players or remove them now? I think that they kind of need to wait now because the team, like the, the the team, sucks. I know I said that we needed them to to trade away people um, in order for the young kids to play, but that's happening in like two months anyway. I just I want them to get value because it just it's so clear to me that they need to to really stock up on on picks in order to get the personnel in order to become a better team. They just simply lack the personnel right now. So that's my um, that's my thought. Scott, would you agree? I agree. Like I want them to get their asking price for it because that was what made the trade deadline successful for them last year. It's just with the way they're playing right now, it's frustrating you're, to watch. Not, you're not getting anything except for anyone except for maybe Sean Monahan at this current point, and it's frustrating. And I don't know if it's the system or if it's the people just don't give a crap. Like again, there's a deeper look that needs to go in here. Like. I, I, I want them to stick to their guns because I want them to get exactly what they deserve in this. But at the same time, you can only wait so long before you've overshot your target and then you're lucky. You just get whatever's thrown your way. I They need the picks. They need the prospects. They need as much as they can. I just don't think it's... it. Everything isn't lining up directly like they had hoped with this just based on the way um, most of the team has played for this season right now. All right, so we've got a few more questions that are kind of like trade value related. So these ones, Scott, you and I will tackle in a separate segment on Monday. 
okay. because it's 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 all essentially what what they need to do to move this person or that person. So we'll run through that ooh, list. Ooh, and those ooh. questions. What we were can do? From... Maybe we'll do uh, we'll do three up and three down, and we'll do a stock up, stock down on trade value targets here. We'll kind of assess where they are from where they were at from the start of the season, and that way we can get all those in there that should help answer this question. Yeah. and see what the value of some of the Habs trade assets are at this current point. It gives us a chance so, to look into stuff. I think that's a really good idea, Scott, because I was thinking about it and I was like, yeah, because I'm looking at this and the answers would have been so different at the beginning of the year before a game, before the puck was dropped. So these questions were all from Haroon. So that's going to be a segment um, on Monday, stock up, stock down. And then yes. finally, question from our friend Mike, Habs Laughs prospect that has impressed you the most and the least at the world junior championship so here's something i'm just going to say real quick which a lot of people aren't going to agree with me because they obviously laid an egg at the tournament uh but vincent's roar like every everything about his leadership skills and everything you're hearing about how he's kind of taking charge and you know like giving speeches in the locker room i love this kid like i've loved his personality for so much for so long he's doing so well in ottawa but obviously on his team, his team right now, I think he is the only person who's been drafted into the NHL that's on that roster right now. I, yeah, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's they not didn't a good send team. someone for it. Yeah. They got trounced. Like uh, right. admittedly for me, Roar is on there uh, for reasons, but like Joshua has been Joshua. He's doing exactly what we expected of him. And I think that's a really important thing here. Um, Team USA, I haven't seen as much out of Lane Hudson as I would hope, but Team USA has also been kind of waffling back and forth. I don't think that's so much on Hudson as anyone else. Uh, they won again today, but um, I'm hoping to see, you know, if the USA gets their power play going or they start trusting him more that some of those points start flowing here in a little bit. I haven't been unimpressed with anybody for what that's worth. Uh, I think the Habs prospects have kind of performed about where we expected them to based on the teams they are on right now. That's the same. I, I like, I feel the same way. I I'm, I'm getting what we expected out of them. Uh, I, I did kind of expect the USA to be less of a mess. And then I was like, uh, what was I really no. expecting? Don't, don't do um, that. always expect yeah. them to be bad. <laughs> always expect like just to make like nonsensical decisions, right? Like that is my, that that's how I just assume team USA works. But uh, I just wanted to point out road just because I think his attitude is really great. And I think that this is going to be such a great learning experience for him. And just like him stepping up to be a leader like that bodes well for the future, because I know he was drafted, I think 75th overall, he was drafted pretty like a little bit later than you expect somebody to be a sure shot in the NHL. Right. Was it 75th? It was, it, it was sometime in the third round. I can't remember off the top of my head. So, yeah. So like, you know, it's a little bit later than when you would expect, like, like players you would expect to have a high chance of making the NHL. And as um, Adam pointed out, obviously, sometimes we overhype our own prospects, but I just, it bodes well for the future. It bodes well for his attitude. I like the way he's playing and maybe he's doing the right things that in a few years he will make the NHL. I would love to see that. Yeah, uh, that's going to wrap up our Friday mailbag here. We will have some of the stuff that we talked about doing on Monday's episode just because we have gone a little over time today but it's friday so you can have a little extra lockdown canadians as a treat as always you can tweet us at lo underscore canadians if you want to send us more of your mailbag questions and uh send us your year and review thoughts everything else you can send them to lockdown canadians at gmail.com you can follow Laura at the active stick you can follow myself at scott matlin you can follow this podcast 
wherever you get your daily podcast on your podcast or on YouTube. Just when you subscribe, make sure you ring the bell to get notified every time we post a new video or go live. And folks, we will see you all next time.